amazing worship team. I am so grateful. I'm so thankful for them. I sit out there this morning as they started, and I just was like, wow. You know, you just, you see all the cylinders firing and everything is going well, and you're like, Lord Jesus, if we could just get rid of the enemy, we could just do this all the time, you know? <laughs> but he just finds a way to disrupt and get in. But praise God, we keep on praising, we keep on pushing in. Man, I just felt God so strongly, and I feel like he was just on each one of them. I'm going to trade out here. Testing one, two, testing one, two. All right. Um, let's just pray. Lord God, I just come into you right now, Father. I thank you and I praise you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for your presence, for your loving, loving presence. I thank you, God, that you show up. You show up in the midst of our praise. You show up in the midst of our worship. God, I pray that each and every one of us, as we sing these songs, as we worship you, Lord God, that we don't forget that we allow this worship to uh, just, just establish our life, Lord God, our lifestyle, that it would be in every area of every part of what we do, God, that our life would bring you worship. Our speech would bring you worship, Lord God. Oh, because you're so worthy of it, because you're so amazing, we thank you and we praise you for all you do. God, we just ask and pray that you would have your way in this time as we hear your word. God, I pray that you would touch the ears and the hearts, that we would receive it, allow it to transform us god we don't have a choice but father i pray that we would embrace as your word begins to transform us lord god that we would run into it in the name of jesus we pray i decrease in this moment as that your holy spirit would fill me and that you would increase in the name of jesus and the church said amen, amen. all right uh we are going to continue our bible study series that we've been doing. Uh, I am excited to continue this. Um, but before I do, before I jump into the uh, little bit of a summary, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to look at the first few lines of the song we just got finished singing. It says, I'm going, I'm going to sing till my heart starts to change. Oh, I'm gonna worship till I mean every word. Cause the way I feel and the fear I'm facing doesn't change who you are or what you deserve. Man, oh man. One more time. I'm going to sing till my heart starts to change. Oh, I'm going to worship until I mean every word. Because the way I feel and the fear I'm facing doesn't change who you are or what you deserve. Last week, I started uh, kind of a, a series within the series, if you will. Um, and the title was, let's see, is it, 
our weapon as a tool of precision. And sometimes I think we forget that our worship is a weapon. And if we allow or if we take the word of God and we put it into our worship, then we are, we are wielding that. And this song, when I was listening, that that's what came to my mind, is that this worship is it's going in and it's transforming our thoughts. It's changing what we believe. Um, and I just, I got excited about that because the word of God, it says, is a two-edged sword, right? We read that last week in Hebrews chapter 4, and that it just, it separates and it cuts to ensure that we can be rid of anything that's not like him. We cannot do that in and of ourselves. We can't do it alone. We're just not that good. But he can, via his word, just come in and remove any and everything. And it said, it said marrow. And so physically and spiritually, his word can remove things. And we also last week, I, the, the, we talked about the rebellion of Korah. And you've seen there how God's word began to remove things that were not like him. So it's not just physically in our body that I'm talking about. It's not just spiritually in our lives. It's not just uh, uh, those type of things. Because immediately when you start to talk about surgery and removing things and, you know, it's, we think body parts you think about a weapon, you talk about a sword, you begin to think that way. But the thing about God's word, <laughs> the thing about God's word and is, is that it will remove anything and everything, right? And we, we recognize this when it says that we can speak to a mountain and it be, it be moved, right? Like, I know that's a big one. That's a big faith one for us. But that's, that's, what God's word will do. And as we look at the story that we looked at last week, and then we look at this one today, what we also realize is that God's word will be, it will begin to move people. It will move people sometimes out of our lives, sometimes bringing them in our lives, the things we need, it will move those things. Um, and it does it with precision. That's the thing that we have to, we have to understand. Um, so often, I, I always love this. I've, even before I was in the pulpit preaching, I always loved when people would be like, I don't like going to church because I always feel like the pastor's talking to me. <laughs> and I used to think to myself, you know, there were some messages that I was sitting, I would think to myself like, oh man, <laughs> I know who he's talking to. But the truth is, is that that wasn't the, that wasn't the case. And, and a lot of times in those moments while I'm like, oh, I know who he's talking to, I should have been really focused on what does this have to say to me, right? Um, but that's how precise the word is. In a room full of people, it will, it will, man, it will slice and dice or it will build on and add 
you know what I mean, to each individual person. So if you ever think that Pastor Dwayne is talking to you, you are probably mistaken. I'm just, I just want to say that that's going to save me a lot of heartache, okay? <laughs> the word is just that good. Um, it will begin to speak to situations. It will begin to speak to uh, sin in your life. Uh, it, it might even begin to draw you out, right? Point you out. And it's like, oh my gosh. And the thing is, is that if we would, if we would just understand it, see it, and allow it to do its work, you know? When people go into surgery, they have to be, they have to be given, uh, what are they? They have to be sedated, right? They have to be given medicine to calm. It's crazy. My daughter had hurt herself. And uh, this is just a side note. My daughter had hurt herself, and she had cut right in her, like, above her eye, around her eye. And we went in, and, and they had to give her something. Again, there's a specific word I'm looking for. It's not sedation, because they didn't put her to sleep. But it, it just took all the pain. It took all the feeling away. But not only did it take away the feeling, and this is where, this is why I'm like, it was kind of a sedation, but she wasn't sleep. But she was not there, <laughs> okay? And I was not happy about that either. I had to ask the doc a couple times, like, um... Is she going to come back to me? Because this is not cool. You know, she just looked completely spaced out. And they begin to do the work, and she just was sitting there like, sedative. There you go. Thank you. They gave her a sedative, and she was just zoned so, so much that I'm just, I really thought that they were affecting her. But here's the thing. The thing about that sedative is it allows us to calm down so that the work can be done. When you start thinking about the word of God and you start thinking about what God, I think I, the word says it this way, the peace that surpasses all understanding. So often we're calling for God's peace in the midst of turmoil and, and certain situations. But do you know what if, and I'm, I'm, I'm right here because it's just, what if when we went to read our word, we prayed as we went in, Lord God, give me your peace. I don't even know what that looks like. It just hit me. Because when we start to read the word, we get uncomfortable, right? I said this last week. Sometimes we don't want to read it. And I know some people are like, it's because I don't know what it means. But maybe if our minds would slow down, stop thinking about the hundred different things we got going on, and we begin to read the word and allow it to move and change our lives. Man, this, I have to say, Pastor Ryan, I got to give credit where credit is due. Thank you, sir, for inspiring this Bible study series, okay? It's awesome when you work with a team of people, man. It's awesome because you just never know what you're going to get. You think that you know everything. 
You hear people say two heads are better than one. Having multiple people a part of something just makes it so much better. This week, this week, we're going to talk about the sin of Achan. And I'm going to take a path here. So stick with me. I'm going to have to break this into two because our worship was good. And it's okay because it all flows together. It all flows into what I was going to be talking about next week. So we're just going to, I'll get where I get and then I'll, I'll, I'll shut it down. But last week, last week I talked to you about Chorus Rebellion and, and we discussed how over and over and over and repeatedly the Israelites seem to just fall short. And I mean, I know none of us here are in that boat. We don't, we don't do that. We don't fall short, especially, especially not repeatedly, you know, once, twice, that's about it. But the thing is, is the Israelites, they just repeatedly seem to they would get right there and be like, yes, we got this. And then they would fall off the edge and, and do something just really stupid. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, and last week, I know you've seen some of my frustration because I was like, man, I just don't understand these people. But then they see people who were disobedient. The ground opens up and, and sucks away these people and it just it really goes to show that you have sin is a it's a funny thing this is something that i i've really it's just stood out i knew it but it just stood out sometimes we look at sin as being very specific right doing wrong but it's not always just that cut and dry because Disobedience is sin. What do you mean, Pastor Dwayne? Well, God says do, you don't, you're sinning. It's that simple. It really is that simple. God says do, you don't, you're sinning. I won't go into that, but there's a lot there. There is a lot there. God gave a directive Moses followed the directive. Korah and his friends decided that was not it. God allowed them to fall into the abyss. Opened up the ground and they were gone. So after that, you would think that they would get it. And it shows that they started too. And as we roll into what I'm going to talk about today, I'm going to just very quickly navigate through the next couple of books to get to where we are. Where we're headed is Joshua 7. And from number 16, where we were last week, to Joshua 7, there's some things that happened. The Israelites, they had made their final they had made their final preparation or they had gotten so far to get ready to take possession of the land of Canaan. This was the land of milk and honey. I talked to you about that last week. 
that they were going into the promised land. And it seemed like every time they got right there, they would do something to hold off them getting into that. Well, here we are. They're, they're right there. They're right there. Uh, Moses, is, he's sent some more people over to, to look. Or actually, this is something that had already happened. He had sent people over to look. And I want to I make sure I set this up right. He had sent people over to look. He sent some spies over to look. And that's when Korah and them were like, listen, this is too much. We can't do it. You've, you've messed up. You've led us astray. But some of the people that he sent over there, it was a leader from each tribe. And one of those leaders was Joshua. Joshua is the leader of uh, the tribe of Ephraim. And he also sent Caleb. Caleb was one of the leaders. Caleb was the the the. He was the leader of the tribe of Judah. Okay. And I get it. I know that sometimes it's like, oh, this is so boring. But just stick with me as the story begins to open up. It does get better. I promise it really does. So there they are. They're about to take possession of the land in Canaan, which the Lord had promised. And and here their main threat, their main threat was not outside, though some of the people felt that way. The truth is, is that their main threat was within their group, continuously, continuously. And that threat came in the form of sin, disobedience, rebellion. And it was, you think about cancer, right? Cancer it's, it's an ugly, ugly thing. And it's, it's so horrible because it can be there and you never know. You never know for quite some time until it's seemingly too late. Easiest way to get rid of cancer? Just cut it out. Right? Cora, cut out. But what happens when it's, when it's not found? What happens when it's not found soon enough? And think about this. It doesn't just affect the person that's dealing with it. That's, that's, how, that's how sin is too. And I know, I know we've... Some of us have experienced personally and some know people close to them. You know that cancer, it, oh, it's, it, it makes you angry. It's seemingly unfair. Sin is the same way. Because it, it, it gets in there and it just slowly deteriorates a person. And they don't even realize that they've come to the place that they've come until it's like, oh my gosh, too late. And then it's, it's a mad dash, a rush to figure out how to fix it. Here's, 
Here we are about to go into the promised land. And yet again, sin is weaseling its way into the lives of the Israelites. We know that Moses sent spies and then they grumbled and complained. And then they needed water and Moses, he struck a, he struck a rock in frustration. And you heard me talk about Moses and Aaron this last time, who they were complaining against. This time, Moses and Aaron both got frustrated. God told them, and I'm, I'm working my way through a few books. God told them, he said, the people need water. Take the staff and just speak to the rock. Tell it to give up the water. But Moses was angry. Aaron was frustrated. They were so sick and tired of hearing these people say that they were out of order. So he struck the rock. Bang. There's your water. Oh, the water gushes forward. Problem solved, right? Wrong. Because God specifically told him how to do it. And he said to speak to the rock. You tell me. I hit the rock and the water comes out. I speak to the rock and the water comes out. Which one will give God more glory? If I speak to the rock. Well, what's the difference, Dwayne? Oh, it's a very big difference. Even today, especially today, think about it. Man of God walks in, woman of God walks in, speaks to a person who's ill, cancer, whatever it is, be healed in the name of Jesus. They're healed. There's no explanation. Doctors are like, must have been the medicine. Had to have been the medicine. Excuse me, sir. We never gave her any medicine. Okay. There's got to be an explanation, right? No. But watch this. God tells you, go in, speak to them, make them, you know, pray for them, call them forth. And you go in, you're like, hey, doc. Can we do this, 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 and this? And then pray for them. Now, don't get, don't get messed up. I don't want to mess some of you guys in here like, oh, what is he saying? We're not supposed to. No, do not get messed up. I'm talking about very specific directions, okay? If God says do, then we do. Anything outside of that is disobedience. And we're up in the air about our results, Okay? We give the medicine, we pray, God heals them. Well, now it could have been the medicine, but we want God to get the glory. So we're like, well, God, you know, God put the medicine there and that's great. That's fine. I'm with it. Okay. That's a whole nother story. But the point is this, is that we, if we could learn to be obedient and walk in obedience, all the time, there would not be this murky, muddy water of unclarity. But that's what we've done as a church. We've made the water so murky that it's not always easy for God to get the glory that he deserves. But nonetheless, see, you start studying the Bible like this and all kinds of stuff just comes out. It's just... Moses, he sent the spies. They grumble, complain. He, they need water. He strikes the water out of frustration. Both him and Aaron don't get to go into the promised land. 
results, remember? They do not get to go into the promised land because of their disobedience. First, Aaron dies. Wasn't a horrible death. He had an opportunity to pass off what he had, who he was, all that stuff like that. He was supposed to very specifically. He did it. When he did it, boom, done, dead. Moses, Moses moves forward a little bit. He's doing his thing. He's kind of coming and wrapping around the clothes right before they're about to go in. And God tells Moses, he says, Moses, I want you to pass off some of your, your authority. I want you to pass off some of your authority to Joshua. That's in Numbers 27, chapter 27. I think I have it. Numbers chapter 27, verses 18 through 23. Do I have it? The Lord replied, take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the spirit in him. Pause. Remember, Joshua was one of the people that he sent to go see the new land. Just one of them. Take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the spirit in him and lay your hands on him. Present him to Eleazar, the priest. Pause. Eleazar is Aaron's son. He's new. He just, he just got transferred the, the, all, of, all of what his dad had was given to him to carry on. Before the whole community and publicly commissioned him to lead the people. Continue. Transfer some of your authority to him so the whole community of Israel will obey him. When direction from the Lord is needed, Joshua will stand before Eleazar, the priest, who will use the, not sure what that word is, <laughs> Urim, uh, one of the sacred lots cast before the Lord to determine his will. This is how Joshua and the rest of the community of Israel will determine everything they should do. Okay? So Moses did as the Lord commanded. He presented Joshua to Eleazar, the priest and the whole community. Moses laid his hands on him and commissioned him to lead the people just as the Lord had commanded, commanded through Moses. So here we are. Joshua is now the man. He's the man. Moses is not yet gone, but Joshua is now taking control and command of the situation. I'm still, st never mind. Joshua then bound his people by covenant to obey all of the Lord's commands. And the people, in agreement, declared. All that, I should have used the NLT version. Did I do Joshua chapter 1? I don't think I did. All, okay, so I didn't use the NLT version though. All that thou commandest us, we will do. Whosoever he be that doth rebel, he shall be put to, de to death. 
This is what they agreed to. Pause. Why, why in the world would you agree? I mean, you should, because it's God. But they have, they have likely just put a death sentence on themselves. Right? They know that the last person who rebelled got put to death. And they're basically saying, all right, whatever. We, we are going to do everything that you say do. And if none of us do it, whoever doesn't do it, they will die. And they all agree with this. They're all on board. That's in Joshua chapter one. So then we mosey on through. And where we're about to go, some of you have heard, there's a song. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. <laughs> Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls come following down. Right, yeah. There's movements and everything. So that's where we're at. We are now approaching Jericho. And most of us know that story as the story where they walked around six times and on the seventh time they walked around, they shouted, right? Jesus, whatever. <laughs> Walls tumbled down, victory. I love that story. Everybody loves that story. But before we, before we get there, on the day, the seventh day before they are about to march out there, something happens. Something very specific happens. And, and I've set this all up for a very good reason. Something very specific happens. And what happens is, is that Joshua forbids. He forbids them. Who? The Israelites. He forbids them to take anything for personal gain. It is custom. You fight a war, you defeat them. Everything that was theirs is now yours. But God said, no. I don't want you to touch none of that. No. You are entering into the land of milk and honey. It doesn't say this in the word, but I just, I just believe. He's like, I have given you this. You're going into a land of milk and honey. And I want you to know that everything you're going to have is going to be because I'm going to give it to you. And in this situation, I know I'm, I'm going to help you defeat them. But I don't even want you to take their stuff. I want you to offer it to me as a sacrifice. I love this. Very specific. Don't touch anything. Joshua chapter 6, verse 18. Do not take any of the things set apart for destruction, or you yourselves will be completely destroyed, and you will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. There's, there's clarity there. There's clarity in those words. There is no misunderstanding. Don't touch it. You die, and we have trouble within the whole camp. As they conclude their march that day, according to the Lord's instructions, they followed everything, complete silence. Not gonna do that seven times. But they get done, okay, day by day. And man, and that's another thing. 
do you know that they didn't just do it all in one day? I mean, I didn't always know that. I always thought they went and walked around the house seven times. I said the house, the thing, the city. You know what I mean? And then, boom, seven times. Uh, no, it was like day after day after day. Uh, man, come on. How many of y'all? <laughs> That's a whole nother message. <laughs> seven days, <laughs> six days of nothing. Don't say a word. Boy, <laughs> I know some of us can't go. <laughs> Me, I, I raise my hand. I can't go very long without talking, okay? <laughs> So here we are. The people shout, the trumpets blow, and then Joshua chapter 6, verse 20. When the people heard the sound of the ram's horns, they shouted as loud as they could. Suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the town, and they captured it. Beautiful. Joshua chapter 7. They've captured it. Joshua chapter 7. Here we are. You ready for this? But. Gosh. But Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. They did everything right. And then Joshua chapter 7. But Israel violated instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. A man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things. So the Lord was very, very angry. Pause. I cannot tell you how many times I've watched the movie where the people have like just, you know, some type of criminal thing has happened and there's a ton of gold and money and whatever else and they've got it all back or they've went and taken a situation and they've gotten a ton of money and the guy is sitting there by himself, you know, and he's like, they won't miss it, right? And I've been like, man, I would do the same thing. <laughs> Golly. See, the Bible, it's the word of God. Just, I, I'm sitting here reading this and I'm like, oh, I just felt horrible because I have said it a thousand times. It's like $100 million. Who's going to know? They're not even going to miss it. They're about to go take and burn all of that. They're going to burn it. Same thing here. They're going to destroy every bit of it. Aiken's like, <laughs> man, I feel, I, I kind of feel bad for the guy, right? I feel bad for the guy. But when you know the word of God, it's like, hmm. Verse 2, Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the town of Ai. They just won one battle. It's time to move on to the next one. God is on a mission. I'm moving you in. So if I'm moving you in, they got to get out. Right? We take one. We take the next one. We take the next one. And y'all set up camp. That's the, that was the plan. 
Can I just tell you that was a plan coming straight out of Egypt? Straight out of Egypt, you know? Ha, see you later. We're out of here, Pharaoh. You know, walk in, walk right out, right into the new digs. You know what I'm saying? Hey, you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. This is ours. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. But that's not the way it went. Man, uh, 40 years, seven days. <laughs> like, ah, uh, here we are. Verse three, when they returned, they told Joshua, there's no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than about two or 3,000 men. So since there are so few of them, don't make all our people struggle to go up there. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. Wait, what? The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. Man, the Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events and their courage melted away. Look at what happens here. This is huge. I know it doesn't sound like it, but it's huge. This one act of disobedience, number one, causes defeat. 3,000 men. Two, everybody's scared now. They weren't scared. They're scared now. An army who just defeated a people, not even an army, a people who just defeated a whole city, a whole other group of people, defeated them by simply doing what? Walking and then screaming. Just defeated them, now have just been defeated. Not even with all of them, just 3,000 have just been, it's not adding up. Something's not making sense here. Verse six, Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay, threw dust on their heads and bowed face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. They didn't understand. They went into prayer. What is, what is going, now pause. It, the chapter starts out by telling us what happened. So you all know, and you know what? I thought about this. I should have done, I should have done it, right? Like I should have not said it. I should like, because if those of you that didn't know the story, I, I just would have started. You don't like, why? Why all of a sudden is everybody dying? What's going on? Right. But I've already told you, it's like watching a movie. You're sitting here you're like, don't go around that corner. They don't know that because you're like, man, they're so stupid. What were they thinking? They didn't know there was somebody around the corner. You did because you're watching the movie. We know what happened. They don't. So they are on their knees crying out to God. What is going on? Then Joshua cried out, oh, sovereign Lord, why? This is verse seven. Why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you are going to let the Amorites kill us? Paul's, who, who has heard that? Does that sound familiar? Why did you bring us here? Why did you let us cross? Why did you bring us out? Why did you, what are you doing? This always happens, wow. 
If only, oh, here we go. If only we had been content to stay on the other side. It was never meant for them to be content to stay on that side. Look at what's happening. There are some very specific things happening here based out of this ridiculous, oh, just absolute ridiculousness. They are now questioning everything. Why are we here? Why did we ever leave? And the last one, the last one is the one that takes the cake for me. Maybe we should have been content. Do you know what that's doing? That's not just, that's not just like doubt in God, but now, now they are now tearing at the very fiber of their relationship and trust in him. I must have missed it. Oh, I don't know about you. This is, I must have missed it. I should have been content. Shame on me. I should have been content with what I had. That's all I needed. That's all I was supposed to have. Was it though? Pretty sure it wasn't. Sometimes we better make sure we look back at the promise so that we don't decide that somehow we needed to be content with what God, without, without what God promised us. I wasn't supposed to have that. I'm pretty sure he said you was. For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it. Now watch this. Here's another one. Good grief. Hold on. Go back to verse eight. Lord, what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth. And then what will happen to the honor of your great name? How many times, Lord, if you don't do this, Lord, now that you didn't, like people are going to, they're going to, it's uh, my, my testimony is not going to be as good. The word that I'm preaching just is not going to hold as much weight. Mm. But the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. You silly, silly man. I've not changed. Nothing I've said has changed. What's happened is, is they've done it again. They've done it again. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. Paul's trinkets stuff hidden in the midst of everything else. And the word of the Lord is like, it's there. Don't you just, I'm, I'm, I hope you catch this. I need you to catch this. You don't want to catch it, I know. Your spirit is like, uh-uh. 
but you got to catch this because this is going to save you. This is going to save you. You look at that stage and God tells you, my stuff is there. And they've hidden it amongst their stuff. You don't see it. It would be hard for us to find it. But he knows exactly where it is. He knows exactly where it is. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that? Because if you do, you wouldn't be concerned. You wouldn't be worried. You wouldn't be struggling. You wouldn't be fighting. You wouldn't be arguing. Because you would know that your God has it under control. Now, if you're the one hiding, you better know who you think you're hiding from. You better know who you think you're hiding it from. There's no hiding. There's no hiding. Golly. I will not remain with you any longer. Pause. I jumped ahead. Let's go back. Verse 12. I'm going to go right before verse 12. And they have not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hid it, hidden the things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. That's why. For now, Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. Wait. Now, not only we were supposed to be destroying people. Now we have been marked. We have been marked now for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. Get up. Command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. In the morning, you must present yourselves by tribes. And the Lord will point out the tribe to which the guilty man belongs. Look at this. I'm not going to stay here long. He tells them, I want you to separate yourself out by tribe, and then we're going to go from there. He knows. He's breaking it down. I think, personally, me, when he said, I want you to separate yourself, you ever, you ever get that feeling where somebody says, all right, I want you guys all to line up. I want you group here, that group there. You're like, oh, shoot. Uh-oh, right? Like, oh boy. It just, it went from like this big group of people to now specific groups of people. So the groups just got smaller. You went from being like completely immersed to, to being like a little less immersed. And you're like, it's cool, it's cool. I still got about a thousand people standing around me. It's okay. He says, in the morning you must Present yourselves by tribes, and the Lord will point out the tribe to which the guilty man belongs. That tribe must come forward with its clan, and the Lord will point out the guilty clan. Tribe, down to the clan. That clan will then come forward 
and the Lord will point out the guilty family. Come on. At what point? Again, here we are. Sin is for real. It will have us convinced that we can get away. Ah, it's, it's all right. No way. No way they'll get me here. <laughs> Finally, each member of the guilty family must come forward one by one. The one who has stolen what was set apart for destruction will himself be burned. Pause. I cannot help but think that there was purpose in him saying himself. He did, he's not made, made plain who it is yet, but he says himself. He already knew. I would have been like, uh-oh. It wasn't a woman. You feel what I'm saying? He didn't say, and she will. No, he said himself. Be burned with fire along with everything he has, for he has broken the covenant of the Lord and has done horrible things in Israel. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. Achan's sin. Verse 16, early the next morning, Joshua bought the tribes of Israel before the Lord and the tribe of Judah was singled out. Then the clan of Judah came forward and the clan of Zariah, or yeah, Zerah was singled out. Then the families of Zerah came forward and then the family of Zermira was singled out. Every member of Zermira's family was brought forward person by person and Achan was singled out. He waited that long. These are, this is a lot of people. He waited that long. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, by telling the truth. Make your confession and tell me what you have done. Don't hide it from me. Achan replied, it's true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much that I took them. They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent. Pause. He took these things and he hid them. I get it. I'm not. But think about criminally minded people. I get it because I, I've had these thoughts. I'm just going to be transparent. So if I'm going to be a criminal, I'm going to go and steal a bunch of stuff and I'm going to hide it. And I'll just use it a little bit at a time. To our logical minds, it makes logical sense, right? We don't want to get caught. But he stole this stuff and then went and buried it in the ground. He didn't get to wear it. He didn't get to spend it. He didn't get to use it at all. And now he's about to die for it. I wanted them so much 
that I took them. They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent with silver buried deeper than the rest. So Joshua sent some men to, to make a search. They ran to the tent and found the stolen goods hidden there, just as Achan had said, with the silver buried beneath the rest. They took the things from the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites. They laid them on the ground in the presence of the Lord. Then Joshua and all the Israelites took Achan, the silver, the robe, the bar of gold, his sons, daughters, cattle, donkeys, sheep, goats. Man, could you imagine? Goats is like, I don't even want to do with this guy. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I mean, I, I, his family, okay. But the goats and the, I mean, I'm sorry. I know. I know. I get it. And everything he had, and they brought them to the valley of Achor. Then Joshua said to Achan, why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. They piled a great heap of stones over Achan, which remains to this day. That is why the place has been called the Valley of Trouble ever since. So the Lord was no longer angry. That's it. That is, that's horrible. That's a horrible ending, right? I know you're thinking to yourself, Pastor Wayne, this is horrible. This is why I don't read the Bible. <laughs> but listen to me. Listen to me. This is great. This is of great value to you. And this, the enemy would want to tell you, nobody wants to hear that. Everybody needs to hear it. People, listen to me. I'm not going to go into this, but the youth group had this, um, like, seriously amazing, but really tough conversation this, this past Wednesday. And I know a lot of people would be like, oh, that's nuts. You shouldn't do that. That's crazy. But I was like, well... I understood it. The world we live in, it is insane. It is insane. And there are people, there are people out there asking questions. And they are asking just question after question after question. And they logically make all the sense in the world. Why would God do X, Y, and Z, and then, right? Why would he, he could have stopped this man. He could have killed him early on so that the 3,000 people didn't get killed when they went out to war. He could have, he could have, he could have, he could have. And logically speaking, he could have. I'm talking to you today, 2023. I'm not talking about them. There is an answer for them. But right now I'm talking to you. For every one of those people that we live in the midst of today, all around the world, who have these questions, there is an answer. And the answer is in the word of God. 
What I have just shared with you today is somebody's answer. It may be somebody's answer here, but it is an answer nonetheless. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step far back when I say this. Somebody somewhere has died on account of their sin. We hear this over and over and over, but I don't think we feel the complete weight of what is being said. Somebody somewhere has died on the count of their sin. What sin? Hiding something, lying about something that they were given specific instruction about. See how I did that? I didn't say what it was. I just said simple instruction. We all have received simple instruction from God. Yes? Somewhere, somebody has died because of their sin. And somebody else, maybe you or me, are asking why did God do this? Why did God allow this to happen? I am saying to you, people are asking the wrong questions. The question is not why did God allow this to happen? The question is, is why didn't they listen? Why didn't they do something different? Why didn't they change? Why weren't they just obedient? If you want to ask a question, that's the question you should be asking. Because my God has only done what he said he would do over and over and over and over. And here we are, and I'm sharing with you a story where somebody lied, hid, took, was disobedient, and they paid the penalty. But not only did they pay the penalty, the people in their clan, the people in their family, repeatedly, the people around them suffered because, listen to what he said. I just wanted it. I just wanted it. I'd be the first to raise my hand to say I've been there. I have sinned. And my response for my sin was, I just wanted to. I just wanted it. That sucks. I can tell you personally, that sucks because there were people around me in my family, in my clan, in the bigger group that suffered because I just wanted it. Man, I love this. It's hard, but I love it. I hope that you I hope that you're hearing 
what is being said. I pray to God that the word of God is, is cutting deep and that there is surgery being done. I pray to God that, that there is a separation in the name of Jesus. I pray that there is a separation between truth and lies, between right and wrong, between the word of God and the word of a secular world that we live in. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now that this word that has been shared today is cutting and separating anything that is not like God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, so that people can see God's love and not allow the enemy to confuse it with anger and, 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 and frustration and hate. In the name of Jesus, that they would see God's love as an opportunity to be transformed, changed, brought out, saved from themselves and the consequences of sin. Father God, I pray that you would have your way. I pray that you would have your way. I pray that your word would do what you said it would do. I pray, God, that I, Lord, I have read your word straight from scripture. I've read it. Father, your word says that it will not go out and come back void. It is working. It is doing. And I pray in the name of Jesus that your people will allow the work to be done, that they would let go. In the name of Jesus, I pray peace over them. In the name of Jesus, I pray peace over them that they would settle, settle their hearts, settle their mind. I rebuke the enemy in the name of Jesus so that your word can go and do what needs to be done. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray against the lie. I pray against the lie. Mm. Every lie, every lie. I rebuke the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. I do not want to take long. I don't want to take your time. I'm, I'm well over. I want to I just take an opportunity right now. I want to sucker punch the enemy in the face. I feel God. And I'm not going to press anybody. But I'm just asking, if you are here right now, and you know, you know that You've been living a lie. You've been, you've been hiding. If you know that, that this, if this word has just, if it's cut deep, even as much as it might hurt, if it has cut deep and you know it's cut deep, I'm asking that you would embrace, embrace, embrace that cut, embrace that feeling that you're having right now, that feeling 
is God working in your life. If you are here right now, I'm asking you to embrace that word. Allow it to do what God meant to do. Now you don't, it's up to you. It is on you. I'm not going to force anything. I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm not going to do any of that. But I know, I know right now that this word is just, it is doing something to you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, have your way. Have your way, God. I just peace in the name of Jesus. Peace be still in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, you're a liar. You're a liar. We know you're a liar. We are victorious. We thank you, Father. We thank you. Lord God, I pray, I pray that your people, Jesus, I pray that your created people Have mercy, God. Continue to have mercy. Let your, let your grace be sufficient in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I almost, I almost feel sorry. Sometimes it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to share the word of God in such a fashion because you know that people are now going to be held accountable. Going to be held accountable. I pray God's grace and mercy on your life today. Pray it over each and every person under the sound of my voice. God, have grace in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your word, God. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you are transforming. We thank you, God, that your word is doing a work. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that nobody here would miss their moment for and the opportunity for transformation. I don't care if it's today, tomorrow, or the next day. God, I pray that they do not miss their moment and opportunity to say, it is me. Forgive me. Change me. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I won't keep you. If you have a prayer request, just for the next few minutes, these ladies will be up here and they would love to pray with you. I will pray with you. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you right now.
and then we're going to close. Lord God, I'm not going to ask them to come up if they're here, if they watch it later. Lord God, I just want to stand in agreement with them that you will meet them right where they're at, that you would begin a transformation in their heart. Lord, no, I thank you for the transformation you've already started in their heart because if they are hearing this, they are receiving this, and they are in agreement with this, Lord God, you've already begun to think. I pray that you would begin to show them you in their life. Show them how you've been working on their behalf. Show them how you've been keeping them, sustaining them, pushing them forward, carrying them through situations, giving them peace when they need it. God, I pray that they would see you and they would be grateful, thankful, and they would begin to trust you, trusting that you've always been there and you will always be there. I pray this in your son Jesus' name. I pray that they would give themselves to you, their lives, every part of their being, that they would trust you, they would believe in you, and that they would know because of that, your son died on, on their behalf and they can live a life in relationship with you, knowing they will go to eternity. I pray all this in your son Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Thank you all for coming today. God bless you. Thank you for your time, the extended time that you gave me. I appreciate it. I do not overlook it. God bless you, and we look forward to seeing you next week.